time travel to fun in the 16th century at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Ten stages, food, pubs, shopping, jousting, Saturdays and Sundays through October 20th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Near Annapolis in Crownsville, Maryland. Welcome to the Jarjour Brothers Podcast. You are listening to a pre-recorded version of our show, Sans Sports, a daily debate show about sports. And I'm your co-host, Sammy Jarjour. And I'm George Jarjour. And we're coming at you recorded and direct from the Sant Live studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Also, do not forget to tune in to our live Facebook show Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can tune in at facebook.com slash S-O-N-T live. And I'm glad to be here in Seattle, but stay cool, America. But first, please enjoy our intro music by Jacob West. Good morning and welcome into Sant Live. You are watching That Being Said with George and Sammy Jarjour. I am one of your co-hosts, Sammy Jarjour, and you're watching episode 241. And thank you for thank you for all the comments before the show started. Sorry we took an extra minute. We're encountering an error with we're encountering an error error with the Periscope Twitter stuff. It's not posting on a Twitter. So just fixing that as we were sitting here. Still trying to fix it a little bit right now myself. But we appreciate y'all being here. And I am your co-host, Sammy Georgeur. And I'm George Georgeur. And we're coming at you live and direct from the Sound Life Studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Thank you for joining us today. If you follow me on Instagram, you can tell it's not that sunny outside. You'll actually see the fog. I posted a pretty cool picture. I don't know if you saw it yet or not. But you know how when you take the exit, you have a bunch of... <laughs> Excuse me, a bunch the of trees. Fo- trees, yeah. The fogs are like above it. It looks really, really cool. I saw that this morning. Yeah, I know. I'm, I figured it's like the first thing you notice when you take the exit. So foggy, Everett, Washington. Thank you for joining us today. We got uh, the World Series begins today. Dodgers, Astros. The Eagles beat the Redskins on Monday Night Football, and those are really the two main topics of conversation today. Obviously, we had some NBA. Ben Simmons had his first ever triple double, uh, pretty quickly in his career, and he looks like the real deal. While, um, while on the other end, uh, Mark Fultz still seems like he's struggling a little bit. Yeah, he, um, Mark Fultz is just a whole other situation. I mean, that guy is, um, that guy I think has some injuries and has just had a little rough start to his career of trying to change up his shot. Um, but I think we might be. Of course, we always overreact with rookies. If they're doing too well, we overreact. If they're not Absolutely. doing well, we overreact. Young career, he's probably going to be fine. Or he might be horrible, but we're, I think everyone's basing him a little too early. Ben Simmons also. One thing we got to re- remember with Ben Simmons is that year of being in the NBA lifestyle, not being in school, having the trainers, the nutrition, the money that, it, that he had. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he wasn't playing last year, but living that NBA lifestyle and traveling and having the trainers and the team facilities and all these things that probably it still puts him as an advantage as a rookie compared to other rookies in the NBA, having that whole year of being a Philadelphia 76er. Yeah. And that's why I don't really consider him a rookie per se. Um, I consider him, I mean, he's a rookie, but I, that's why I don't think like someone like Benson should be in the running for rookie of the year. Yeah. I feel that. I mean, that's where it gets a little, uh, Gets a little tricky because, I mean, 
how do you you know there's some unfairness when it comes to being compared to other players 100% but thank you guys for commenting before the show started today we had Kofi King's kid saying yo watching live from Ghana West Africa Wow, from Ghana, he said? Ghana, West Africa. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've, uh, we had a good friend. Remember Sam Awusu? I do. From Comcast. Uh, yeah, he, he was from uh, Ghana. I went to a Ghanese party once, and it was uh, really good food. Wow. <laughs> That's my Ghana story. Uh, thank you for watching, and thank you for commenting. Victor Simpson said, feeling my baseline. What is up, Victor? How are you up, doing? Man? Welcome back into the show. Joseph said i like this comment he said recording today's show for my flight to vegas tonight so thank you guys for my in-flight entertainment two things enjoy vegas that was the number one <laughs> good good call there sammy number two uh are you recording on your phone let us know how you actually record it on your phone we have the podcast if you also want to download it and subscribe to that and number three if you're watching on periscope uh, if you're wondering where, what we're talking about, these comments are on Facebook.com slash SonthLive. And if you are enjoying the show, retweet it. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're enjoying the show, share it. Pretty simple. Yeah, just do it. Hashtag Nike. Um, on Periscope, we got uh, one of my classic comments I get nearly every day from uh, LL Talaji, Freedom for Catalina. I hope the situation is going okay over there. Whatever's going on in Catalina. <laughs> well, no, it's, uh, you, you haven't heard about that? No, but like this guy. Why this guy freedom for Catalina every day? Because you want freedom from Catalina. I mean, there, it's, it's a part of Spain, and they're fighting for freedom right now. Trying freedom to for the Dodgers. For, I don't care what's going on in Spain. Well, you should care for a second because they may, might be Barcelona fans, and it might be about sports. So they're fighting for their independence. I don't think they're going to get it. But freedom for Cantalina. That's it. Freedom for the Dodgers. Omar said, yo, yo, yo. Today, history begins. Earn history. Hashtag history. Remember kings. Hashtag what? I can't. I can't. What's what's so what's <laughs> what's something without what's a king without H-Town? I think it says hashtags are sometimes hard to read when uh, it's all lowercase. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Mine didn't come history up. History remembers kings. What's a king without a crown? That's what it says. Got it. And he said, are you ready, Sammy? I am. As you can see, I'm ready with my Dodgers jersey, Jackie Robinson. Um, equality and Dodgers baseball. Boom. How do you feel about that? Go Dodgers. Number 42. Very cool. Um, equality and Dodgers baseball. That's, they go well together. They do. Um, yeah. So and um, if you're watching on Periscope, also comment in. We answer all comments live on air. It's like we call this... Sports radio, redefined. Redefined. Uh, we've never called it that. I call that's it. What we're I call that on George, if you watch George's Jungle of Sports, I say it every day. And we have um, Omar saying, "What's a king without a crown?" That's. I ended up figuring it out. Thank you. Chris Martinez says Eric Bledsoe, though. Interesting. Interesting. Did you hear what his excuse was? He was at the hair salon. Yeah. No, you weren't. That like you wanted to get out, and then all they open out. Now you're dismissed from the team and getting traded. So you weren't at the hair salon. Like, just don't don't make a bad lie. But I was listening to um, something on the radio. I can't even remember what it was. It was yesterday. And somebody was like, it was probably Rich Paul because he's represented by that company and uh, by Clutch Sports. And he's probably like, listen, we don't work like that. We don't tweet things like, I don't want to be here. Like, make an excuse, please. Or he's like, I was at the hair salon. And Rich Paul called him and was like, no, you were not. You were getting your... This is your opportunity, Eric. This is your opportunity. 
For what? Like, because you know, like, no, they're business people. Rich Paul called them and said, What the fuck are you doing? and said, Make an excuse. Obviously, Eric Bledsoe was trying to. Or maybe Eric Bledsoe's a big Earl Watson fan and is offended by the by the firing of Earl Watson. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, so he, I mean, he obviously he tweeted, I, I don't want to be here about not wanting to be in uh, Phoenix. Number one, they've been god awful. Number two, they fired the coach. There's no coach firing that's that's a hundred percent. Is that where you're going? No, no. There's no coach firing that's that's excusable within three games into a season if you don't like your coach enough that where you're thinking if they happen to lose three games to start the year we're going to fire them then you fire them before the season starts to start off differently okay that i will completely agree with yeah so that's a little interesting and then jonathan edmondson said good afternoon guys good afternoon good morning did you see what jonathan said on my show yesterday i saw that he commented on your show but i did not see what he said he said um Thanks to us, he now actually watches some NFL. Really, really likes that's pretty podcast. cool. Yeah, he said you and the other guy. I said that's my brother, and he said he thought so, but he just didn't want to sound like a fool if it did, we didn't actually end up being bros. Very um, cool. If you want to put our names Brother. down at the bottom, people would know. You know what? That, that'd be a fantastic. Idea. Good transition well, for me. Good transition. There you go. Um, Omar says history remembers kings. Devin said Eric Bledsoe to the Cavs or Spurs, and uh, Omar says Bledsoe to the Spurs. And Chris Martin says, yeah, getting his perm done. That's right. Yeah, definitely. At the barbershop. 110%. What would you – we're – Eric Bledsoe would obviously be – it would be great for Cleveland right now with Isaiah Thomas out, but I don't think they have pieces. He got offered – they offered New York Eric Bledsoe for – but they wouldn't give up Hernan Gomez or Frank Nikila, so they said no. Frank who? Nikila, the new guy from oh, France. Frankie Nicotine? Frankie Nicotine. That's, his, that's how you pronounce it. Nicotine? Yeah, nicotine. It's like Nikila. I know, it's pronounced nicotine. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure about that. Okay, well, yeah. I guess it's Frank Nicotine. Isn't that a great name? Now, like, how's he playing so far? I don't even know. Um, Don't even know if he's playing yet. Really? I'm going to look that up. Anywho, um, I was... Devin said Bledsoe deserves a better spot. Chris says, I was hoping that next week would work something out, but we don't want to get rid of Frank. Um, Devin said, uh, I can see that Omar. He's about to join one of these super teams, maybe Thunder, to give Westbrook a break. Devin said Knicks are dead right now. To be honest, they're still in rebuild. They're in uh, rebuild, yeah. But Porzingis looks like he he's centered, like he's for real, 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 you know? Like by himself. We knew he's a real player. Oh, yeah. But now we can. he's a star by himself. Is what I'm trying to say. And uh, Tyler said, "George, you're 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 on the wrong side about Frank's name." Are you sure? Yeah, Go pre- look up his. Uh, someone look up his pronounced pronunciation. I mean, there's not even an O in it. Why would it be nicotine? <laughs> it's it's N T I L I K I N A. All right, I'm gonna look it up. Keep going through the comments. Nilikini. Oh, it's Nilikini. I'm looking at it right now. It does the abbreviations. Frank, N-I, Ni-Li-Kini. Ni-Li-Kini. Okay. Ni-Li-Kini. All right. Wow. He has one assist through two games. That's a tough one, actually. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, we got a bunch of comments. Let me get through these really quick. All right. And then we're going to get to some NFL. And then we're probably going to – what are the topic orders today? Basically, some NFL – 
and the World Series. I mean, All there's right. nothing really else going on. There's some basketball last night. I, I'll, I can get into a little bit of Ben Simmons and Mark Alfold's discussion at some point. But we're really on this Eric Bledsoe topic right here in, this, in, the, in the comments. Um, Omar said Thunder need it. Chris said sadly. Victor said Kin. See him being a nugget with a deal centered around Kenneth Fareed and Moutier. I could see that. They want to get rid of Moutier. I could see that, and I think that would make them a very interesting team. Especially with Moutier just not really living up to the hype. And Denver right now is that borderline team with Jokic and Millsap, but you need – Jamal Murray's not like a true point guard. They definitely need somebody to, to figure it out. By the way, mm-hmm. have you seen Dwight Howard's nice start to the year? Yeah, it'll, it'll end. No, I don't think he'll end. I think he's going to do well in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. I just don't think it doesn't make them a playoff. Like, do I, just because it doesn't mean it's going to end. Just I mean, he's obviously his goal is to be a good basketball player. It doesn't mean it's going to help the team's success. But right, I don't right. think his. I think he's actually just going to have good statistics on a. I don't think there's that many good big guys in the NBA right now that when he plays other big guys, he probably won't do that well. But. There's a lot of teams that have small lineups, and he's going to rack up that 10.17 board games against yeah, those teams. Yeah, I mean, he did that last year with Atlanta. It's not that he had a bad season. It's just he's like – he's a cancer. Yeah, that, but I don't think I – like, Because they've won games so far. But it'll end badly. Just like everywhere else Dwight Howard goes, somehow it will end in a bad way. Yeah. That's what I meant by I that. mean, he's made a finals, though. We always forget And then that. how did Orlando end? Yeah, not the the breakup wasn't good, but that doesn't mean the mean, team like, the team made the finals. But not a very good roster too. Yeah, made the finals. Oh yeah, Hedo Turkoglu and Amir Nelson. That was in two thousand eight. Yeah, that's but, completely different. Dwight Howard. I mean, we got to remember though, Dwight Howard led a team to the finals before and still yet before Carmelo Anthony, before uh, Chris Paul. Like it's pretty Dwight big. Dwight Howard's deal. a Hall of Famer. I know it's weird to say. Um. Okay. Just kidding. Um. There's a lot going on here. Um, we have Devin saying Cavs have two point guards injured with a few moves left in the bag. Don't sleep on the Cavs. Joe said not the Spurs. Green is balling and Murray is the truth. Dejounte Murray, by the way, is killing it with Kawhi out, which is which is pretty cool. Um, it's crazy. The Spurs are what three no now without Kawhi. Yeah, I don't think they lost it. Yeah, yeah. Pau Gasol yesterday had one point on like over a bunch of shooting, but they. Like a guy like Jonte Murray, they got him late in the draft. He was supposed to be like a top ten kind of guy, and now they're just gonna probably get him, and he's probably gonna end up being an all star yeah. in, in San Antonio. Um, Victor said since Kenneth Freed's unhappy and come out the bench, um, Devin said Freed is not a player to build around. Um, Victor said they're not gonna find a deal better than Denver's, and then Chris said injury prone. Victor said Fareed is a starter. Moutier can replace Bledsoe. Lakers 2 is what Devin said. Caldwell Pope and Bledsoe share the same agent. His ankles hurt. Let's be realistic. That's why I said Denver. Um, Tyler said it's Nata Kin Nata Kin La. That's the way I said it in the beginning. No, it <laughs> isn't. It's nowhere near. Yes, because it ends with an A. He said that's how you pronounce it. Well, I was close. I don't know. I don't know, we, probably nobody knows how to pronounce this. We got to get a. You know what we got to do is wait till the uh, first Knicks national televised game. The first Knicks national televised game. You know what's gonna happen? They're gonna pronounce, pronounce it, it correctly. Incorrectly too. No, they'll pronounce it correctly, and we'll learn. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Let me just pull through these really quick. Um, All right, guys. I don't Cavs know. have nothing to offer. Devin said, "I'm with George." Oh, and Soon. Well, all right, guys, what? All right. 
we're going to end this discussion once and for all. And I have the one, the only, Frank, Nico, whatever his name is, ready to pronounce his name. Are you guys ready? I think everyone will be able to hear this. Nikina. Nikina. Okay. I was a lot closer with the A than nicotine. Okay, you're closer. We're all wrong. <laughs> nicotine. No, there that's literally how Tyler wrote it out. Uh, oh, no, no, Tyler's right. That was definitely closer. I said Nikila, and you said nicotine. <laughs> Where'd you get nicotine? I don't know. I heard someone say it. So the guy was wrong. I don't know why this won't turn down. All right. All right we're good now. Um, Joseph said it makes them a playoff team in the, the week east. That's true, though. I think Charlotte will still be a playoff team. Devin yeah. or William said, Devin, you want LeBron to have all the good players? Um, Devin said, Cavs still have moves. Um, well, okay, they're going to get into some argument probably. But <laughs> to have all the good players, first of all, the Warriors have more good players than. Uh, right? Yeah. I mean, they got four All Stars. Yeah. So that's. Uh, they do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was that? Ah, they do. I know, I was thinking about it. They have four well, All-Stars. I mean, I was going to go with the whole entire notion that Sammy, a couple weeks ago, said the Cavs have the best roster. But now he's saying they do have the best roster. That has nothing to do with having the best players, so I don't know what that means. I mean, anybody knows what that means. Everyone that agreed with me on the show understands that a roster is different than That's being top-heavy. Right. When you have four All-Stars, you have more all-star players, and if you have a deeper roster, you have a deeper roster. Boston last year had a deeper roster than Cleveland. They didn't have more top-heavy good talent. Sure. It's not a sure. That's a fact. They had a deeper bench. The Cavs were seven deep, and Boston was like 11 deep last year. So that's, there's a difference between having top-heavy four all-stars and having a deeper roster. If you can have 10 deep, that's different than have, saying that you have four all-stars. What's the, like, if you don't well, see the difference no, there. Well, I mean, because a roster, I think, is like I can't really – if I had 10 average players and I had two all-stars and eight below-average players, I'd still say the team maybe that has a two all-stars might have a better roster. I think the roster – maybe you're looking at it as like, okay, this – As a roster. Like I don't look at rosters that way. I look at it as a complete whole – like, how's the whole roster as a team? Like, I don't know. That's how I look at You're it. You're looking at the team, not the roster. Exactly. Sure, sure. It's, it's not a really important point, so let's move on to the It conference. is because you're just, it, it's really, the team yeah. is the team. The roster is the, – the, the team is, like, how talented the team is. Golden State is a better team because of four top-heavy players. A roster is the whole collection. I mean, it's, I, that's literally almost a definition. Um Devin said, cast off moves. Victor said, LeBron going to get exhausted. Victor said, what moves? Sun's not taking on Jose Calderon. They want young pieces. Denver has young pieces. That's a good point. That is a very good point, actually. Um, all right. Joseph said, LA is killing it. Green is balling. Murray is leading. Um, Bledsoe to the Bucks is what William says. That would be interesting. That would be actually the best fit out of everyone. I don't know who they could actually trade. Like or would they be willing to give up? And I think he'd go really well. And that team's already long and athletic. To add someone like Eric Bledsoe to the mix, they could be scary good. And you know that puts us in a like. Uh, I guess I will. You know, today we were going to talk a lot more football, but um, I mean, since this is where we're at right now, let's, let's just say it. Through three games, 
Giannis is MVP, right? I mean, and he's probably going to win MVP because it seems like he's now the media darling and now we're going to push this narrative the rest of the season. I, I, it's early, I know, but doesn't it seem like that's kind of the narrative that we're, they're going to be pushing this year? He's going to be the one? <laughs> yes, but I'm going to go with my predictions, the fact that he's not going to win it almost for sure. I think they're not going to – my theory here is it's going to be one of the big topics for a while – He's going to dip in production, obviously, a little bit. He's well, averaging like 40 points a game right now. 38, 8, and 8? Yeah, obviously not. And so he, he's going to dip in production, number one. Number two, they're still going to end up somewhere in that like four or five range, I think, in the East. And I think just as that was fine in the West for Westbrook because he had a triple-double and it was in the West and Kevin Durant just left him kind of that whole hoobla. Mm-hmm. But for Giannis, I think if they don't – end up top two in the east i think that's gonna kind of hurt his mvp chances and he's not gonna not gonna get it i think it's gonna be somebody from the west that probably is whoever sneaks into that two spot if there's somebody that plays out of his mind or let's say james harden still finds a way to make houston second in the in the west and chris paul has been banged up all year somebody like that will win it you might Um, be right yeah or if kyrie irving still leads boston and averages 30 points a game Somebody like that. I just don't think Giannis is going to... I'm almost... I'd put big money on the fact that I don't think he's going to win it just because I just don't think it's there yet. I I, I feel like it's going to still take another year or two. He's probably going to get all that hype this year, and then it's really going to start coming like the year after or the year after that where he really wins an MVP. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, if, if the media narrative pushes it, I think he'll win it. But I don't... I mean, it's, so, it's three games into this season. So, I mean, the, I'll talk more about it halfway through yeah but that's my whole point yeah. it's so early oh, in the yeah, season yeah, absolutely. And i see your point regardless i don't think just because he's having a good beginning of the year i know they're not like they're not the most talented they're not even like the second or third most talented roster in the east so i'm just i have a feeling that unless he turns into like we're talking super super superstar status mm-hmm. they're probably going to fall somewhere in that four or five range and i just don't know if the voters, especially in the East, like I was saying, the Westbrook thing in the West, that's like last year in the West, everyone was okay with you being a five or six seed. But like in the East, can someone be a six seed or a five seed in the East? How about they get the three seed? Just saying. I just don't think that's enough I know, but in the I'm East. Just saying, oh, it's not enough. Yeah, I, okay. just, I, just, I don't think it is. All right. I mean, yeah. regard, regard, I just don't think anybody in the East that's not a number one seed is going to win a win a MVP award. Just If I, mean, I was words. to make a bet today – Personally, and I, this could come back to bite me, be completely wrong. I'd put money on Giannis winning MVP award this season because I think the media falls in love. I don't think he will be the MVP. I don't think he's the most valuable player in the league. I think LeBron James is each and every year, but I would put my money on him winning the MVP at three to one, which is top five in all basketball and Vegas betting. But that's yeah, because he's a media darling. Yeah, I that, just don't think he's gonna win it. I, I, I just. I feel like the media darling ends up winning the MVP, and it's stupid. Um, I don't feel that way always. I mean, Steph Curry even stayed media darling after his back-to-back. I mean, he didn't win. No, he won two of them. He won, he won two. Do you think he should have won the first one, though, or do you think he was the media darling? Um, The first one should have been LeBron, but yeah, that's and how not— Derek Rose? Do you think he should have won, or was he media darling? Here's the thing. There's a difference between being media darling and being tired of voting for somebody else. Yeah. I think at Derek Rose's point, it was tired of being LeBron James as the MVP. At Steph Curry's point, 
it was not only being tired of LeBron, but he actually production-wise was probably just the splash he made. That's not even as a media darling. That's like as a basketball player, the splash he made made him the MVP. I mean, that was. I feel like there's a difference between media darling and like you really made a splash that year. Like James Harden and Russell Westbrook. If you're saying they were both, they both made splashes last yeah. year statistically. And I wouldn't say they were like Russell Westbrook was a media kind of darling. People still weren't like, it wasn't like the Steph Curry media darling type of thing. It was just like, Oh, you legitimately had a triple double. Like you win MVP. And James Harden was like, you legitimately almost had a triple double. So you're second in MVP. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's always the media darling at all. Yeah, actually, fair enough. I think sometimes the media darlings will get it for one year out of like five when they're bored of voting for the actual best player in the NBA. Yeah, I think it's been multiple years. Now. I think I mean LeBron has won an MVP in four years, and I think he's deserved probably three out of those four. Yeah, but doesn't mean they vote for media darlings every year because that means LeBron would have been the media darling when he won four. He was no, not no, the media no. darling <laughs> whatsoever. Um, all right, they are arguing about um, arguing about LeBron and KD and all these stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I'm very big on the whole. Everybody, they're just arguing about LeBron and Jordan and Kobe and changing teams and Kevin Durant and. Honestly, each, it's a business. Each person's got to do what they got to do. Absolutely. And Jordan would have left. Kobe would have left if they were in bad situations. Yeah. Um, they all would have Jordan left. Jordan did leave. Yeah. So. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. He but, quit basketball for a little bit and yeah. then came back. And he ended up playing for another team eventually. Every single player in NBA history, even Kobe, even Duncan. If Duncan wasn't drafted into the Spurs... With Greg Popovich, he might not have been a spur for life. Like, or might not, if he was drafted to the Hornets, he might not have been a Hornet for life. True. It, it all depends on the situation. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk football. I've, there's way too many argument comments right now, so I'm just going to skip through some right now. Okay, not a problem. So, yeah, last night the Eagles beat the Redskins as Carson Wentz shined. I mean, another great game. They're 6 and 1 now. Um, the only loss was the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. No shame in that at all. Um, they've only played two home games through seven games. So they still got six home games left on that schedule. The Eagles look fantastic. They're two and a half games up on anyone else in the NFC East. Sammy, is Wentz, if the season ended today, is Carson Wentz the MVP? Um, I also don't think he would win the MVP. I think it'd be either... I'm really big on Tom Brady or Russell Wilson being the MVPs. Um, but Carson Wentz, the reason I would say he's not going to win the MVP yet is because I feel like with a second-year quarterback like this, it would take a full year of him playing like this and the team playing like this, and then he'd probably win the MVP. Um, but if the season ended today, I would say no because I was telling you this morning – I think the surrounding pieces for him is a big part of all this. I mean, well, that offensive line is fantastic. He has made though his receivers look a lot better. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was a bust, supposed not bust, but he was underwhelming through most of his years, and now he looks like a stud receiver. He has his running games. His running backs aren't that amazing. I mean, Garrett Blunt, Smallwood, Sproles is out, but that it's, it's that offensive line. It really is. 
Yeah, and I mean, the running backs. Okay, we could say Legarrette Blunt not that good or whatever, but he did technically like lead the league in touchdowns last year. I knew he was on the Patriots, but we could say he's not that good. But technically, statistically, he's good. Um, I think. I mean, the receiving core is actually not that bad at all. And regardless if he makes them look good or not, they're good receivers. They're supposed to be good receivers. Um, and their defense is playing good. They're not – I mean, there's a – when you have a good team, you look at a guy like Dak Prescott. Last year he was this phenomenal – he's still good this year. But there's a difference between when his team was so talented so as a rookie. Said that, this is, and this is where I was going to take the conversation. Yeah, this is the same exact situation that Dak – pretty much Dak Prescott had last year and it's starting to make – it's starting to make Wentz look better than Prescott, which I don't know which one's better. And then you have, for example, Jared Goff. Jared Goff played like shit last year with a bad coach. Obviously, Jeff Fisher doesn't know how to coach anymore. And you bring in a new offensive-minded coach, and they've brought in some more talent. And look, Jared Goff's playing well. I mean, I was telling George this too. You throw Russell Wilson on this Eagles team, they're undefeated, and they're definitely they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. And you throw Carson Wentz with Russell Wilson's O-line, Carson Wentz would probably have a struggling sophomore year. 100%. And that's where I see it all going. I think a lot of times we have to, we have to figure out that a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of these, these situations are going to be based off of what's, what's, what's the whole team situation, especially for young quarterbacks. Like we know Russell Wilson's going to figure it out with whatever team he has. Tom Brady's been figuring it out at 40 years old with a bad O-line and mm-hmm. obviously a great coaching staff. But Carson Wentz really, I think right now, and I think it's obvious if you, you have to be a good quarterback to work in a good system still, but a lot of it has to do with the system. 100%. Now here was my question I was really trying to get to there when you said Dak Prescott's name. If you were redrafting this draft, right, last year's quarterbacks, would you, didn't you take Carson Wentz first? And then Jared Goff second, and probably Dak Prescott third. Yeah, I I don't know about that yet. That's uh, see, that's one of those things where, uh, I I mean, I heard something about this on on the radio today. But yeah. okay, it's a good question. It's a good question. But another answer I heard that I heard was good is I don't know. And they'd obviously be the top three picks. I mean, there's no debating. You can't sit here and tell me that one is actually better than the other long-term because we don't know yet. I think Carson Wentz is better than the other two long-term. He just seems. Seems. It's all seems. There's nothing that's proven. Everything in this sport, everything in sports is seems. I mean, that's why we argue that, oh, is uh, Ben Simmons going to be better than Lonzo You're saying everything future-wise is seems. Yeah, but but it's it's just, yeah. I mean, you don't have to make an argument, but if I was to project the rest of their careers i'd probably take carson wentz i think he's going to be the one that he just seems like that prototypical large big quarterback that can stay for have lasting power for 10 years yeah i mean i I would stick with with dak prescott right now i mean we're everyone keeps talking about the big quarterback that does this i mean big quarterbacks get hurt sometimes just as much as andrew luck's a big guy gets hurt big ben's a big guy gets hurt russell wilson's like a small guy who just is big boned like a Dak Prescott is yet to even like miss a snap now, you know, these days. So maybe Carson Wentz gets hurt. You never know. I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just giving, yeah. yeah, yeah, And I'm saying that I I don't think it's fair to just all of a sudden be like, okay, well now Carson Wentz has 
a better offensive situation than Dak Prescott. So now all of a sudden we're going to say Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott, even though Dak Prescott was leaps and bounds better than Carson Wentz last year, especially the second half of the year. Carson Wentz had a very good seven-game stretch and then dropped off a cliff. And Dak Prescott and that stayed consistent. This, and that could still happen yeah. this year. But That's why I'm saying I think it's unfair to say, oh, if you're redrafting, you definitely go Carson Wentz, like Goff, then Dak. I think Dak's proved the most in the NFL so far. And then if I had to go number two, I'd say Carson Wentz just because at least he did have a, some production last year. Jared Goff, unfortunately, had extremely awful production last year and now is just starting to, to yeah. kind of climb back up that mountain. So that would be the, the way I go about it. But I think none of, none of those three guys, I could tell you right now, um, um, none of those guys right now, I could tell you I'm 100% for sure know they're going to be long-lasting quarterbacks. But Wentz obviously is showing, I feel like, every, every time I've watched him, I've seen kind of that next like step. Like last night, like that play, he was like running out. Of, he got stuck in the pocket. He got out, ran for first down, and got up and like was all hyped for his team. And yeah. he was just making the right throws. He had four, threw four touchdowns. He was running with his feet. And like you said, he is a big body. He's a big kid, but that can move at the same time. Yeah, he's. And I kind of like the fact that he's from North Dakota State. <laughs> Me too. And I, I just know. feel like he, he just has that like no fucks given attitude. He is Brett Favre. Whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not like that good, but like same, like kind of that I don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah, but that's, he really does have that attitude. Like, like I yeah. don't give a shit. I'm just going to go out here and I'm going to just gonna play football. Yeah. yeah, hit me. I don't care. Um, I no, just, I that worry that. Get hurt? That means yeah. he can get hurt. I worry that, and I'm just saying this from watching Jared Goff at Cal too. I'm worried he's a kind of a softie. Who, Jared, Jared Goff? Goff. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about Carson. No. All right. I was like, from watching Jared uh, Goff at Cal and now watching him in that film, I'm just worried that he could be a little bit of a softie at you some know, point. It, it, it's kind of indicative of everything. It's kind of weird how this all worked out, right? You got Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, kind of a tough nose, you know, city brotherly, they call it city brotherly love. They don't, they, they're very rigid, right? Like mean spirited. Yeah, Carson Wentz, big, tough quarterback. And then you got. Jared Goff over in L.A., who's kind of, you know, California cool, don't hit me, a little finesse, right? And he fits in L.A. perfectly. Like, Jared Goff kind of fits in L.A. while Carson Wentz... Except for he's bigger. he's bigger than Carson Wentz, even though you were saying Carson Wentz is, like, the big. Jared Goff's, like, six. He's he's taller than Carson Wentz. He's pretty big, too. People act like he's skinny, but he's pretty big. He's taller than Carson Wentz, but he's not, like, big. I mean, Carson Wentz, like... It's tough, right? I mean, he's got that toughness. I mean, you got Dak Prescott in Dallas, and that's America's team, and he's cooler than the other two, right? Like, he's kind of that. I feel like all three of them really fit into their city and kind of almost portray their city in a really good way. Yeah. That's I could, how I I could see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could see that. Sure. I mean, I think Carson Wentz would be a better fit, like, in Green Bay, and that'd be more of, like, him really fitting into like the culture mm-hmm. Philadelphia is a little bit of like the city life and he's from North Dakota but um, other than that yeah I could see that I mean I I think um, Jared Goff definitely fits to LA because he's from he's from California yeah, and that's kind of just yeah. fits that um, and Dak Prescott I think it's actually good to 
have a black quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys and kind of just be, he's kind of like a badass, like a badass. He has, he's like the first Dallas Cowboys t- player with like tat, like quarterback with tattoos right. and kind of just, he's, he played, he's like the cool guy, but he's not like trying to be too cool. Like Cam Newton. He's, See, that's what, that's kind of what I meant by that. You, you he's like smooth. He's yeah, smooth. Yeah. You explained it way better than I did. Cause Dallas, Dallas Cowboys are cool. That's a cool brand, and he fits that. But it's, like, cool and classy. Yeah. Like, Cam Newton wouldn't fit the cool of Dallas Cowboys. It'd be like, no. why the fuck are you wearing this hat <laughs> after we lost this game? So, it depends what kind of cool. There's two different kinds of cool. There's yeah. two trying too hard to be cool. cool, like And then Russell there's, like, and Cam Newton. yes. And, and then there's, like, cool. Like, Russell Wilson, as much as I give him shit, Russell Wilson's, like, the cool guy. Like, he's classy, but he also, like, he. I mean, he's married to That's Sierra. Different. He's, like, dorky cool. No, but he's cool. Him and Dak Prescott are about the same exact person if you hear them talk. Yeah. So They're both dorky cool. Yeah. Everyone just thinks Russ Wilson's more dorky, but Dak Prescott has some tattoos, but like they literally talk the same exact exactly. way. Exactly. And our mom on Periscope, Brula6506, says, love you guys. Oh, love you, love Mom. Love you, too. Hi, Mom. Um, she's still watching. Chris Martinez said, Cream Hunt or Alex Smith, a.k.a. Mr. No Picks. Um, he said, I'm always high on Wentz for his frame despite his college division. Me too. The, the college division thing with quarterbacks, I was listening to a show yesterday where they asked an NFL scout if they care about where players played college, and they said, absolutely not. Like, they're like, we don't trust college coaches, first of all, that other than the anomaly of, um, like, okay, there's Urban Meyer and Nick Saban and, like, those two or three guys. But, like, we don't really care where they went to school because we, anyways, we don't even know. we look for the body of work because we know we can probably outcoach them more than their college coaches did. The only okay, let's go through the NFL, right? Just like the top quarterbacks in NFL, Brady was a backup at Michigan. He played. He did start some games later on in his career. We've he talked played. about this. He started a lot of games. He started a lot of games, but he wasn't like this high-profile <laughs> draft pick. Yeah. Um, there's no. I name one Alabama starting quarterback in the NFL. You can't. There's not. Name one USC starting quarterback in the NFL. Carson Palmer now he's hurt, but that was it. Overall, you got Aaron Rodgers, Cal, Jared Goff, Cal, Carson Wentz. Those North are Pac-12 North. schools, though. Yeah, but they're not. They're not the Alabamas or the Texas. How many Texas quarterbacks were starting in the NFL? How many um, Alabama or Penn State? Like these big name schools for for the most part don't always produce the best quarterbacks. And I think that's because they play behind the best offensive lines and they never can learn to get hit. And then they come into the NFL and all of a sudden they're not, they have to kind of run for their life a little bit. I mean, even Russell Wilson, who played NC State, Wisconsin, they're not these, they're not the Alabamas, Florida States. Yeah, you got Jameis there. But even Jameis is struggling a little bit right now. I mean, you just don't have those really, the big schools don't necessarily produce the best quarterbacks. Necessarily. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah, I mean, like, can. there's a couple. I would say Cal's a big school. Wisconsin brought Russell Wilson. Mississippi State's pretty big. It's SEC, brought Dak Prescott. Um, but then at that point right there already, you're starting to, like, cut down on the list already of quarterbacks from, like, even yeah. Pac-12 and SEC teams. I mean, who else? Andrew Luck's not even playing right now. Where did Jacoby Brissett go? NC State. Yeah, Blake Bortles went to, what, UCF? Yes. USF or UCF. Um, Mariota did go to Oregon. That's pretty big. Yeah. But, but that's an anomaly, too. It seems too. like a lot of them, a lot of the quarterbacks, and not all, 
go come from the big conferences, but not necessarily the best school of from the that big conference. Conferences. Yeah, well, and there's a reason behind that. I think. I mean, if you're like you're getting recruited to Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. As an Alabama quarterback recruit, you're not like the main. You're not always going to be the main recruit for yeah, that school. Like that's a good Alabama point. has. Every top O lineman, a top running back, a top receiver, a top linebacker, a top D lineman, a D lineman, a top corner. So it's like, it's not like the main focus point. If you're a school like Cal, if you can land that top quarterback, you're fighting for that more than anything because like you might not be landing every top other player. So I think it just kind of works out that way. Exactly. Um, and I'm gonna let you go through the comments as I step out for one second. We have Ju. Jewish, I never know how to say it. My my bad. If you tell me how to say it, I'll say it right. Wentz MVP. Um, they six and one and have the best record. They do. I don't think they're gonna stick with the best record in the NFL though. Um, I feel like the they they did start off really good last year. They might fall off. You never know. Uh, Omar said, I don't believe Prescott would be good on a different team. I wouldn't use a high pick on him. I think Prescott is good in the right system. So I've talked about this. He reminds me a lot of of almost a Russell Wilson when I first started like being half and half of Russell Wilson. Now I believe Russell Wilson really is an elite quarterback. You see what he's doing with a bad team. But Russell Wilson started off his career with such a talented team that he got lucky enough to be in such a great situation. It's helped him. And that's where I think Prescott might even be um, lucky where he's allowed, he's able to grow as a quarterback in such a good system. Devin said, Winston Watson. Tyler said, yeah, give me Watson all over all of them. Devin said, bold statement, Tyler. And then Omar said, I can't wait to see how he plays against the Seahawks. I'm interested in seeing how Watson plays against the Seahawks too. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a quite an interesting, I mean, quite an interesting game. Uh, he, this is the, he's about to go against one of the best defenses of the past five years. And so is Watson going to feel all right? I'm not sure. I, is he going to be, I don't know. I just don't know if he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to be all right against that Seahawks defense. That's a tough game. Um, oh, yeah, it's Brandon. Sorry, Brandon. I forgot. The, the name throws me off. I don't know what that says. Jewish? Um, Chris said Goff is a softy. I'd take Jacoby or Boinkin. Um, I, 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 I am the one who just said Goff is a softy, but he is still talented. Nick Frankel said, don't be so quick not to give it to Brady in class right now, so I don't have the volume. Said Brady, 2,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Nick is in class right now, so you can't even hear me, but that's what I was saying. George was saying Wentz, and I said I would still give it to Brady or Wilson right now. I I didn't say I'd give it to Wentz. I'm asking Wentz. I'd give it to Brady. Oh, you said he's the clear cut. No, I've said, would he be the MVP if the season ended today? And then to have a discussion about it, I think no. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and Devin said, y'all see the update about Joe Mixon showing frustration and Marvin Lewis is telling him to show maturity? <laughs> that's that's tough. Well, let me just uh, tell uh, Joe Mixon and Marvin Lewis something. Joe Mixon is going to be in Cincinnati a lot longer, I think. Joe Mixon will be in Cincinnati a lot longer than uh, Marvin Lewis right now. You don't know that. Marvin Lewis has somehow found a way to be there for 15 years. So yeah, and I think that I think this road has finally ended. That I think they'll he'll they'll finally fire him. How many times we've probably talked about the end finally coming? This is the season. I swear to God. Uh, 
And Brandon said no Wentz would be MVP, hands down. I don't think so. Brady has the best stats in NFL. And so did Jules. That's that's Brandon. Oh, I was like, oh, two people said the same exact comment. It changed his name. Devin said, yeah, Lewis has got to go. He's had to go like four years ago, but we'll see what they do. Um, well, I think if if the MVP vote ended today, I think Brady would get first, Wentz would get second, and Breeze would get third. And Breeze would get third. That's how, how where I think it would end up being. I think Wilson would be up there. I think Wilson would be in the top five. I think he's third or fourth in odds right now. I saw really? something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm sure. I mean, he's, he's. Well, Wilson's great. It's just his numbers don't back. Like he, because of that offensive line so bad, he hasn't been able to put up the same amount of numbers that these other guys. Last couple of weeks, he has. Yeah. I mean, he's been putting up some decent numbers. They gave up zero sacks last game. By the way, this offensive line is getting better. Russell Wilson's fourth. It's Tom Brady plus two hundred. Yep. Carson Wentz plus three hundred. Alex Smith plus five hundred. Russell Wilson plus seven hundred. Let me tell you who's not going to win MVP. Alex Smith. Alex Smith, yeah. You never know, George. I'm telling you, you never know. If Alex Smith wins MVP, I will wear, chief, I will wear a Chiefs shirt, an Alex Smith jersey. For you three don't own straight. an Alex Smith jersey. I will buy an Alex Smith jersey and wear it on the set for three straight weeks if he wins MVP. Yeah, I think um, I, I wouldn't be that shocked. I mean... The guy has some great stats this year, and if he keeps it up and they end up winning, being the best team in the AFC, let's see. Why would that be so shocking? Because I just don't think the MVP – I think people know he's not He's not going to put up the same numbers as Brady. He's not going to put up the same numbers as Breeze. He's not going to put up the same numbers as Wilson. He's going to slow down a little bit. He already has more passes of 15-plus yards this year than he did of all of last year. We know what Alex Smith is. He's a very good quarterback, but I just don't think he's the MVP of a league type of quarterback. I still think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a very good quarterback. Okay, get this. This is the difference between Alex Smith and Tom Brady right now. Um, Tom Brady's passing at 66%. Okay. Alex Smith at 72. Okay. 2,200 yards, which is number one in the league. And by the way, actually, number one in the league... In pass in percentage is Alex Smith right. completion percentage. So Sam Bradford also set the record last year for best completion. Okay, that's fine, but everybody else is at sixty. Yeah, yeah, I know. The next best is sixty-nine Drew Brees. So I mean, he's still he's up there. Sixty seventy-two percent. Number one is Alex Smith. Number one in passing yards, Tom Brady, twenty-two hundred. Number two in passing yards is Alex Smith, mm-hmm. uh, nineteen seventy-nine. So he's only two hundred yards behind yeah, him. Yeah, I know. Um, that's very fair. Yards per attempt. Alex Smith is first in the NFL. Tom Brady is second. Um, they both have 15 touchdowns. And Brady has two picks. Alex Smith has zero. And quarterback rating is in the NFL is number one, Alex Smith. Number two, Tom Brady. They've had practically identical years. Tom Brady has 200 more yards. Um, and Alex Smith has no picks. Brady did two picks. So if this – and I understand what you were saying that You'd be, it'd be, you, you, you don't think it would keep up, but the the reason it wouldn't be shocking is if it did keep up, and they won, they have the same record as Patriots. They just kept doing the same exact thing, and they end up at twelve and four. And he has the first, them they both have the first and second best stats and everything in the NFL. Would really be that shocking if Alex Smith won MVP? No, but I just don't. I, I'm saying I'd be shocked if he continues at this pace where he's 
top five in touchdowns, passing yards, touchdowns and passing yards, and with no picks. Like I'd be shocked if he keeps this up. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's a very underrated quarterback, but I just don't think he's the MVP of the league type of quarterback that's sustainable through six through sixteen weeks. That's all. interesting. Yeah, I think it's more sustainable than Carson Wentz this year. So this that's why. Yeah, me too. That's why I find it I to be interesting that. that people are saying Carson Wentz. People won't say Alex Smith. Chris Martinez says, "Why not Alex Smith?" I agree. Um, William says Devin Dwayne is very smart. He knows not. Don't mess with LeBron on the court at the same time. They're both good for the team, but not on the floor at the same time. And then Devin said, William, what are you talking about? And I have no idea what William's talking about right now. And Brandon said, Wilson would be number two for sure. I'm glad Wilson number two for sure. No, I think what, well, I mean, I think he could end up in the season as number two. And I actually think a good bet is Drew Brees. I think he's going to start. If the team keeps it up the way they've been playing, he'd be he'll make it quickly up that ladder. And Chris Martinez says, question mark, please tell me. Alex Smith has slept on this man. It's nice. He is? That's what I'm saying. I'm that's why I'm saying it's not shocking if this dude wins MVP. I think it would be a shock if he keeps this up to an MVP. You think he's I just don't think he's the best player in the league. He's through what has it been? Seven games? Yeah. Through seven games, he's the second best quarterback in the NFL. Cool. Put money on him. That's not what I'm saying. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's like saying put money on LeBron for winning MVP. That doesn't mean he's going to win MVP just because even if he has the second best or first best stats. Right. Just because Tom Brady, guess what? Tom Brady might end up with better stats than Carson Wentz all year, and Carson Wentz could win MVP over Tom Brady just because right. of voters being voters. And so right. I just, I'm yeah. saying it's not that shocking that a guy that's second best in every stat some first, some second, is in the discussion with the other guy who's first and second. Right, no, no, I don't. I'm not. I, I can't stress enough that I'm saying I think Alex Smith is a very, very good quarterback. I just don't think he will maintain this level of success throughout the season. Chris Martinez, or so Devin and William were just arguing about LeBron and D Wade, and he said, "Let's stay on this topic, though, please. I'm like this session. Message me or something if you just want to talk shit about LeBron." <laughs> That's fair. Thank you, Devin. Um. All right, let's see this. This is, um, we have Jonathan saying, what is your views on the attendance at NFL games? Uh, I've just been reading that it's not very good this year, LOL, or is it just not watched as much as normal? Couple things. Uh, atten- well, the viewing experience on the television set for attendance was, this is the attendance reason, is just the viewing experience on television is much better than the attendance, the viewing experience on the field. Uh, it's just because of camera angles and the amount of games that are all going on at once. It seems like a lot more people now tend to rather just watch NFL games at home than going out to the, to the game. As I mean, yeah. th- that's one. Number two, ratings are down on television too because, first of all, one, the quality of play hasn't been nearly as good as most years there hasn't been a dominant team and the player protests are driving fans a little bit crazy which in my opinion like if you're really that for whether you agree or disagree with the protests i mean i don't care but like if that really i don't understand if you like football and you're like oh that guy's kneeling i'm not watching anymore (laughs) i don't know what kind of person like there's actually multiple people there's also the people that say because Kaepernick doesn't have a job, 
I'm not going to watch football. Those people are crazy too. And because that's like, okay, first of all, no one has to be guaranteed a job in this world and nobody's forced to, and people are like, I'm not until the NFL gives him a job. Well, like what if the NFL doesn't want to give him a job? Or how like, about if he's not good enough to be, then all, all Christians shouldn't stop watching football because Tim Tebow doesn't have a job. Yeah. Is that because they're against Christians? I mean, that's where I keep saying, listen, if you like the game of football, watch the game of football. If they want to kneel, let the NFL deal with their kneeling if you don't like it. And if they kneel and you don't mind it, then just keep, like whatever. If the NFL if the NFL has to deal with the kneeling, let them deal with the kneeling. If they don't deal with it, then let them not deal with it. It's their it's their um, company. Mm-hmm. Like I, That's why for me. It's a business. Would I kneel? I don't know. I don't think so. But am I going to like not watch because you chose to kneel? No. Like it's, I'll watch the damn game. I like Again, football. Wa- and, and the whole notion, I, I know he's even arguing with us about this, I think, at the moment, but the whole notion that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job, he fucking opted out of his own contract. Yeah. So he could have had a job, <laughs> but he decided to break his own contract and not have a job. That's, um, That's somehow, one of the main that, issues. somehow that got lost in this whole narrative. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the big, big thing that, it's kind of weird. Like he literally opted out and then it's like, Oh, he deserves a job. Well, he had one. He just opted yeah. out. So I don't know. Kind of a weird situation. Kind of, kind of over talking about Kaepernick mostly though. I feel like it's a, it's just, it's so, I so tired of it. Christmas said Tom Brady and any other star could win media awards, but the players know Alex Smith is balling. See, that's my point. What? He is balling, but he's not going to win the media award. Yeah, but that's shots. Shots fired at you. You're the media. I um, and I, I'm saying I think he's he's a very, very good quarterback. Chris says, I don't like the platform it gives unrelated people attention, but I'm all for the reasoning in kneeling. That's a great point. That's See, listen, I understand if you want to kneel, and I understand what they're kneeling for and what they're fighting for. What I've tried to explain to a lot I, of my I, friends. Sorry, before you keep going. You understand what they were kneeling for initially. I still understand what they're all kneeling for. They're all kneeling for different things, but they'll say it. Like some people are kneeling for social justice. Some are protesting Trump. Everyone's kneeling for their own reasons. So I understand. I I guess in my point is I respect if you're kneeling for anything, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. If you're fighting for anything. I just don't like the platform it's done on because that's your employer. And if your employer says, please stop, then fucking stop. Like, any, any other person will get fired from their job for protesting on the job. Mm-hmm. So don't protest on the job. Now, if you have something you want to fight for, go use some use another platform to go fight for, for your rights and for, fight for what you want to do. But the First Amendment doesn't tell you that it's okay to at work go ahead and just disobey rules and, and go ahead and 110%. protest. So if you're hurting the business of the NFL, that makes no sense. Um, all right. World Series? World Series. All right. Um, the World Series starts today. We have the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Houston Astros. And tonight's game won 100 degrees in L.A., so stay safe out there, as I say on my show. But, no, it's really hot out in L.A. Um, I think this actually doesn't hurt or help either team. Um, newsflash, Houston's hot all summer. Newsflash, Los Angeles is hot all summer. Game one tonight, Sammy, were you shocked? Not shocked. Were you surprised that the Astros didn't hand the ball over to Verlander game one? Or do you think 
they're almost not conceding a loss, but they're like, well, they got Kershaw going anyway. We'll throw his Berlander game too. Two things about that. Yeah. First off, um, I strongly disagree with the weather topic that you're saying because I actually have been listening to sports talk with, with MLB players talking about it yeah. and saying about how much of a huge difference it makes in many different ways. In colder weather, it's easier to bat, and not only that, um, pitchers have a harder time gripping curveballs and everything. In the heat, it pitchers' arms get looser, and it gets harder to bat, and in, in the extreme sun, it's a lot harder to, to bat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just from what I'm listening to of like rate of players talking about on the radio, they do not like to, they like, I'd prefer to batters are saying I'd prefer to play in 45 degree weather than hundred degree weather, because when it, I mean, it's just not easy to play baseball in that extreme of heat. Um, and then secondly, I don't think they're conceding. I think they're going with Keiko, aren't they? Yeah, they're going with cons- Keiko. I, no, conceding, I said was the wrong word. I mean, are they kind of like a Verlander? Is our hottest pitcher right now, so we might as well put him against not Kershaw. I've yeah, I've heard two theories about yeah. that. Um, two theories are this: one, obviously, okay, instead of making Verlander go eight against Kershaw, if Kershaw is going eight, there's also there's that theory, and then there's also the theory of if they do, if they are able to slip away a win ah, against Kershaw, and then you throw. Verlander game two, that'd be a strategy towards winning two games on the road. You know, yeah. that's where I saw because Keiko will at least, let's say Keiko's Kershaw. Good, great. Yeah, let's say Kershaw has a small slip up and Keiko has a great game and then you win that game. And then game two, you're going Verlander versus whoever it is. It's not Kershaw, right? So I've heard that theory of partially like, okay, partially it is. Let's not use Verlander on a Kershaw night. And then secondly, if Kershaw does slip up, we still have Keiko out there, and then we're going to have Verlander game two. Now we're talking a serious threat. And so Fantastic. I, that's one of my – brought me to one of my thoughts of my biggest concern would be that – my biggest concern with, with for the Dodgers would be that – let's say Keiko. Keiko has just the same amount of ability as – a Verlander or even a Kershaw to throw a eight inning shutout in a mm-hmm. playoff game. So if he does that and he does beat Kershaw game one, can the Dodgers beat? That's gonna be tough to beat Verlander game two with not Kershaw on the mound, and you could put yourself in a serious hole. I think this is that signature game you were talking about that yeah, Kershaw is, needs. Here it is. Except for I did somebody tweeted at me the other day saying uh, this is what you were talking about, Sammy. Oh, yeah. um, no, no, and I saw that. Uh, that what, he's had more quality starts right. than Madison Bumgarner, who were all like, the greatest playoff I, I pitcher. Know, I know, I'm just saying because he's had a couple bad starts. He hasn't had any bad starts. He's only had one non-quality start in his entire playoff career. Against people think people think it's bad because it's not like a... Because he hasn't really had that signature shutout. But he did last series, by the way. Yeah, and it's not because he hasn't a signature. I think people think he has bad games because when Kershaw gives up more than like a run in seven innings, mm-hmm. it's not like any other pitcher. It's like, oh, why isn't Kershaw giving up zero runs and well, he, 10 strikeouts? I mean, here's the signature moment that he could have. I mean, he just hasn't had it. I mean, it's not, not – I mean, a lot of pitchers haven't had it. You know what I mean? He's such a great pitcher that you expect a different level from Kershaw. Kershaw could go down as one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He really could. I mean, with the stats he puts up, that the dominance that he has, this guy is unbelievable. So I think tonight, 
if he has one of those eight innings, no runs, or even one run, this is the Clayton Kershaw game. We might call it that, the Clayton Kershaw game. Yeah, uh, but that's where – yeah, I guess that's just a tough thing for pitchers. I think it's a little – I think for baseball players, it's a little unfair sometimes just because – Oh, of course it is. Sports is unfair. (laughs) Well, especially baseball. I mean, like, what? what, Are we ever really going to have, like, a – like the Etro game, like I don't know, probably not. And Etro is one of the all-time greats now. Like it, it's just baseball is a hard sport to have like a game that's like labeled after like that was that guy's game. Obviously for a pitcher, it's a little more like likely, but I mean, really, Bert Schilling had the bloody sock game, for example. Like people remember that. Okay, and, and what did you just say? A bloody sock game. I know that like I know the it, game but, was but involved me. about his stats, but like we're really literally talking about a bloody sock, right? Which might not have been bloody, but. But anyway, the point is, look, sports is about moments, right? I mean, isn't that really what it is? LeBron last, you know, the block uh, two years ago. I think it's different in baseball. But I agree with you. It's not, but I don't think it's different in baseball. What was the Cubs moment last year when they won the World Series? Don't tell me. The rain delay. Oh my god! There, that was one, that's the least thing I would. I don't even remember there was a rain delay. First of all, the last thing I would ever remember about a Cubs World Series. Here, you know what I would do? I, if there was a rain delay, be like ESPN until the rain delay is over. That's yeah, the moment of the World Series. Like, yeah, that was the moment of a World Series last year. And that was the big. That was the Cubs moment. Is when the rain started and the stop. The game stopped. Yeah, that's when I was like, that's, hundreds of uh, over a hundred years of waiting to win a World Series, and then the rain happened. It's unbelievable. Or maybe it's the entire comeback would be well, a little well, more impressive. The, the, uh, and the comeback is part of it, too. Okay, 1988, what was the moment for the Dodgers? I don't know. You do, Sam. With the guy's home run? Exactly. Kirk Gibson's home run. Like, there's moments. You don't even sport. know his name. Th- that's a moment. That, but that's like same, that was Justin Turner, Turner's moment that in a NLCS, yes, he hit a walk-off. That, yes. Gary Carter for the Toronto Blue Jays, a walk-off to win the World Series is a moment. Okay. A walk, okay, timeout, timeout. We just compared but no, a no, walk off in a World Series to a rain delay. I'm saying, there's not every, there are some, not every baseball, well, not every baseball not series every can have moments. Kershaw, in my eyes, does not need a Kershaw game. First of all, he's had more quality starts than any other pitcher that's active right now in, in baseball in the playoffs, right? He's had literally every, he has more quality starts than Madison Bumgarner, who we all regard to as this phenomenal playoff guy. And it's just because baseball, it's hard to have a moment. Yeah. It's, okay. Of course it's hard. In baseball, you can have a walk-off home run to win a World Series. Do you know how unlikely it is to even be in a situation to be at bat? There's like there's nine batters if you're in the NL. You have nine batters. And the chances that there's somebody on the plate with in the bottom of the ninth with a run difference or a tie game to hit a walk-off home run, the chances of even being allowed to be in that situation compared to in the NBA where you have the chance to actually be in a situation to hit a game winner a lot of times mm-hmm. is a huge difference. And you compared a walk-off home run in the World Series to a, um, to a walk-off home run. I didn't like that. But I think I know what you meant. All right. Um, Omar says Dallas is good enough to start game one. He was a Cy Young winner. Right now, he's looking good. I agree. I, I, no, I, I prefer I, to see Verlander though. Um, they're both great. It, no, no, I, no, no. I, I think Dallas is good enough to start game one, and I think the manager is making the right choice by starting Dallas in game one. 
Right? I mean, he's been the guy who's been around the organization longer than Verlander. That's one. And number – so you kind of give him that, like, you starting game one of a World Series, even though really game two is more important because they got Verla- they got Kershaw game one. It's kind of, you know, you make him happy, and at the same time you put yourself in a better situation, I think, in the long run for the series. Yeah, but then again, you're having Verlander game two. If it goes to game seven, who's at game seven? Because you can't pitch Verlander again. You can't pitch him at four or five if he's going to play. You can't play him at, can pitch him in game five. If, you can pitch him game two, game four, and game seven. I mean, it's going to be But then what? Game arm. six, you're probably going to be like, who do I do? I, I want to. That's you, where it gets. You can pitch Kukul game one. Think about this, though. But then those games that you deep in the series, when Kershaw's ready and Verlander's not, then you would be regretting this. Maybe. That's the only part. No, part it, it, yeah, that's why this is like the only time where baseball managing is really kind of like. Important. Like throughout yeah. the year, it's like this is my one through five rotation. Just yeah. Okay, we might lose today because we got our fifth pitcher. Yeah, exactly. Kid says heat makes baseball slash any sport hard. Remember the Seahawks versus Chargers where it was 110 degrees. Completely changes the game. Oh, Should be interesting seeing how both teams handle it. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I'm just saying if there's two teams that are equipped to handle, like let's say the Seattle Mariners had to go. We're in the World Series, which I'd be happy. I wouldn't. I'd come be like, oh my god, it's hot. We're gonna. It's it sucks, but. Okay, yeah, Seattle would have a hard time. Boston might have a hard time. But we're talking about Houston that plays consistently in 100-degree weather and Los Angeles that also plays consistently in 100-degree weather. So it, those two teams are more is it, equipped. Is Houston Stadium a dome, though? No, but I think it's air conditioned. Yeah. I think, right? I think the Astros have some enclosure on their stadium, so I don't yeah. think they ever play in 100-degree weather, like literal 100-degree weather. I'm pretty sure. Like, from what I – like. Mariners have gone and played on the road there. I've never seen like a hundred degree. Day. I think they have some kind of enclosure. Maybe I, I I know it's not a dome. What's their stadium? Um, it wasn't. It, it's not Minute Maid. Astro Stadium. Minute Maid, Minute Maid Park. Park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's indoors. It, but can open. The they room. have a roof like the Mariners. Yeah, that's why it's never hundred degree weather. It's indoors, according to Omar, but you but the roof com- opens up. Yeah, it's like okay, the Mariners yeah, Stadium. Yeah, okay, so cool. they don't play. In, I think when it's hundred degrees, they probably air conditioned. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. So, but the Dodgers definitely don't have a closed roof. You've been there. That's mm-hmm. a wide open stadium. Maybe yeah. that's why they're talking about this a lot, though, because maybe maybe it's a disadvantage for the Astros. But I think it's a disadvantage for both teams, like it's saying. Omar said Verlander is a better pitcher in this series and smart move to start him game two. Um, I agree. I mean, that's what I would do. If you were the manager, wouldn't you probably do the same? Yeah. 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 I mean, at the end of the day, like I like that theory that I heard this morning where it's like, listen, first of all, if Kershaw pitches that gem, you don't want to be wasting Verlander on that game anyways. Mm-hmm. And But if you sneak out that win with Keiko on the mound against Kershaw, game two Verlander, like Houston's in the driver's seat at that point. Exactly. Kid said, um, if Dodgers lose game one with Kershaw, it's going to be a large hole to dig out of because he's their ace in the hole. It's hard to rally after your best and one of the best in the league loses. That, yeah, exactly. That's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm hoping – I'm obviously rooting for the Dodgers. I'm wearing a Dodgers jersey right now, but I want to see Kershaw pitch a great game. I want to see seven games. I want to see Kershaw pitch a great game. I'm not talking about how many games I want to see. I mean, I prefer to see seven games too if that means Dodgers win in seven. But I want to see Kershaw pitch a good game. Um, Devin and William were talking about Dwayne Wade and LeBron again. And then (laughs) Chris Martinez (laughs) says, everyone expects Kershaw to be what 
we expected. So when he when a flukes happened, we scratch our heads. Yeah, that was my point about him. I mean, they literally if he has like one bad outing, everyone's like, he's been such a bad platformer. He's literally isn't that crazy about how many times people have talked about Kershaw kind of being like a choker in the playoffs. He's literally only had one non quality start in his entire playoff career. I I. I don't know if that's correct. Okay. I'm going to look it I'm, I'm going to look it up. I just have no idea. Let me read this tweet to you that I got tweeted at me saying, this is what you were saying the other day. More quality starts than Madison Bumgarner. Okay, but that doesn't mean that he's had only one non-quality start. Right? Uh, I'm I mean, pretty I, sure he's only had one. We looked it up on our show, didn't we? I'm looking it up right now. We looked it up together on this show. And if I... I don't know if we... that Maybe that was a different picture. I don't know. But... I do know that um, this was my point I was trying to make about us I'm overreacting. I'm just not sure what it was. So. Clayton Kershaw has eight uh, postseason quality starts, and Bumgarner has seven in their career since 2013. Okay. Stats. Thought it was a pretty interesting thing. No, I'm sure. So far in this postseason, no, you're. Like this is the, where I'm looking at it. postseason career stats for Clayton Kershaw: six wins, seven losses, four point four ERA. I mean, I think a loss doesn't mean it wasn't. He could six go. He wins. could go. You could go nine innings, one and run, and still get a loss. You know that, right? Yeah, four point four ERA is not. Is that Clayton Kershaw esque? Go read through the stats. I'm We're just, talking quality starts. All right, I, I'm. I think. He's gotten better through his last couple postseasons, but I think a six and seven with a four point four ERA is not what you expect out of Clayton Kershaw, correct? Correct. Not my point at all, though. I'm talking about quality. I think we're over we over exaggerate what Kers- Clayton Kershaw does because he's Clayton Kershaw. Um, we are at the LeBron I'm argument. Look, I'm, I'm trying to find out. Devin's. Like, Go ahead. I'm just trying to find out like what his qualities are. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I don't know what it is or is not. You know what I mean? Kit We're, said. Okay, here we go. I found it. Kit said rain delay turned it around for the Cubs though. Chicago fans and invested sports fan remember the rain as the turning point for the comeback. Everyone else just thought it was a long commercial. I mean, I was watching pretty deeply. I thought the rain delay was. I just changed the channel. Yeah. But. All right. But, I found it. So 21 starts in um, Clayton Kershaw's postseason career. He has four, five, seven, eight, nine. So nine out of his 21 postseason starts have been quality starts. Which is the most in the MLB since, right? Right. But I'm saying out of his 21 starts, nine of them have been quality why starts. The deep, why are you Kershaw? frustrated? Because, because you, because I'm I, saying I just said talking about his quality starts. I, I just asked. He's had nine. You, yeah, you said, oh, he's only had one non-quality start in his postseason career. I'm saying I think nine. that's since 2013. I read it out loud like 10 seconds ago. I said, since, oh, since 2013. Since 2013, thing. four, six. Because well, he's had eight. eight. Wait, no, hold on. Eight, 13, 16. 16 postseason starts. He's had four, five, six, seven quality starts. So one He's out had of, eight since 2013. Okay, didn't have his last one. So eight, eight out of 17 of his, of his last 17 starts in the postseason. It's pretty good. One out of every two for Clayton Kershaw is good. I mean, look up Justin Verlander then. Let's see what his. And we're ta- yeah, yeah, no, no, because it doesn't matter if it's for Clayton Kershaw. Let's talk about every top pitcher. Clayton Kershaw's 
has better playoff stats, like in the sense of quality starts then since 2013, wouldn't that still mean that? 
based off of statistics, he's not good in the playoffs. So I'm gonna predict that he's, he has a no, bad game. But, but this year he's had a really good, pretty good playoff. I mean, he's three starts, two and oh, one quality start, three point six ERA. I mean, solid. Yeah, I mean, I think seventeen innings, seven earned runs. I'm a big. I, I like Clayton Kershaw. I, I, do I think too. he's been great in the playoffs, regardless of what anyone says. Um, I think the narrative of him has been very overblown. I think anytime there's great players in any sport, the narrative of their playoff performances get overblown if they're not perfect. Um, AKA like a LeBron James, AKA like a Steph Curry in the finals. If he has one bad game, everyone's like, he's not that good anymore. And he actually is all right. Clayton, Clayton Kershaw has been more than fine in his career. And anybody, there's not many pitchers that have had that many playoff appearances in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one thing that, gets overblown in baseball sometimes is where when you have one bad start, I feel like it, people will overblow that for a pitcher and it does affect your ERA when there's only like what 20 starts in your entire playoff right. career. Exactly. So That's your my point. ERA will get boosted way higher than it actually is. Yeah. But I mean the way I look at it and go ahead. If you guys are, I mean the commenters, what do you guys think? Has Clayton Kirchhoff been underwhelming in the playoffs? I mean in 2014, he started two games, 7.82 ERA. 2009, started three games, 6.08 ERA in the playoffs. Last year, he started four games, 4.44 ERA. Like, he, he hasn't been Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. He hasn't been that shutdown dominant Clayton Kershaw. I mean, that, that's my only point. I'm not saying he's a horrible, Horrible playoff pitcher. I'm not saying he's a bad playoff pitcher. I'm just saying he hasn't been the Clayton Kershaw that we think. I mean, throughout his career, like I told you, 21 was it 21 starts, nine nine quality. Okay, I thought we were done saying these stats. I was just giving my final statement that I think he's good. But if we're gonna keep going on this, I'll say it again. He since 2013, everyone has considered Madison Bumgarner the best playoff pitcher yeah. who has seven quality starts since 2013. Clayton Kershaw has eight. That's the most quality starts for any starting pitcher in the playoffs since 2013. So to me, when you've played that many games as a playoff pitcher since 2013, and you've had eight quality starts in the playoffs, more than a Madison Bumgarner who people consider to be the best playoff pitcher in the last whatever amount of years, mm-hmm. I consider that to be that you're good in the playoffs. And okay, sure, we could go back before 2013, which is six years before and before that, and and start talking about those statistics. But that's like going back to a player's first couple of years in his career and saying he wasn't a good closer. And then in the prime of his career, he actually became more that, dominant. That's, and that's how I see it. That's fair. But, I mean, you're very quick to point out all the time that Steph Curry has been underwhelming in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I am quick I, to, to point it out. Okay. And, and when he and then when he does good, what do I say? You say he does good, and does. yeah, and yeah. B- but Clayton Kershaw hasn't had like a choke oh in a finals. God. There's a difference between basketball when he chokes. Steph Curry actually has choked in a finals, and so has Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. Okay, I, I don't know why you want to keep talking about this. No, I, I'm ready to move on from this Clayton Kershaw topic. Right. Well, You've brought up the same statistics five times, and like I, I really. I'm no, really no, at fine. the point where I think Clayton Kershaw, since 2013, has done a great job. Steph Curry, sure, what, last two years has had had struggles in a, in a, in a, in a finals? Yeah. Like, very recent. Clayton Kershaw, 
okay, in baseball, you're going to have a game where you give up three or four runs. And it's gonna, and when you pitch four games in a playoff. Since 2013, he's been the most quality stars. I'm looking this. I'm, I mean, I'm just. That's what MLB people. Network tweeted. So I, I don't know. know if MLB Network's wrong. Well, no, but you can, <laughs> you've always told me that you can skew stats the way you want to skew them. In 2013, against the St. Louis Cardinals in the playoffs, in a closeout game, he threw four innings, gave up seven earned runs. And last year against the Cubs, five innings, four earned runs. He just, okay, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have the most quality starts right, for his right, pitcher right. since 2013. Yeah. Like that's, that's, what do you mean that's a skewed stat? You're just adding bad games to, that aren't quality starts. That doesn't mean he didn't have eight quality starts. Okay. For me, is when you have a pitcher that has that many games, there's going to be some non-quality starts. That's like expecting a pitcher to go every game in the regular right. season with no non-quality starts. Is that possible? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's how I'm seeing it. That's fair. It's fair how you're seeing it. I, it's fair. It, I, yeah, but it, according, to, according to George Kershaw's not going to the playoffs, so we'll go with that. The kid said, Astros are a great hitting team too. Kershaw will need a great game uh, with backup from his offense. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the Houston's offense and well, that the Dodgers offense is pretty great too. But I mean, when you, when you have to go against guys like Jose Altuve, who practically hits the ball every time he's at bat, I mean, it's going to be tough for Kershaw regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, Astros lineup is hot, especially the only problem so far, obviously with the Astros lineup, this entire playoffs was playing in New York. So I don't know if, Playing in LA is going to be the same. Is it just like bad? Is they bad on the road? Maybe. No, they maybe. literally said they were intimidated by the New York crowd. It was the okay. craziest crowd they've ever seen. I've been to Dodgers games. I don't think it's as intense as probably Yankee Stadium. I'm not sure, but I would assume that they'll play fine on the road for the most part, unless I don't know, unless Dodger Stadium ends up being an intimidating place. But exactly. they'll play great at home. They closed out the last two games at home. Omar said, let's see how he does against the Astros lineup. Houston will rattle him in the first two innings. Um, I was right. Wow. Jonathan said Newcastle. It's about two hours away from Scotland. How did you know that? I literally just said a city because there's a <laughs> Newcastle soccer team. Um, Kid said, it's a new year, new postseason, new playoff for Kershaw. It doesn't mean he'll be any different than past performance. also doesn't mean he won't be great like he was all season. That's exactly. a fact. I think he's – he's, um, I'd love to see him do well. Oh Game one God. of the World Series in L.A. I, lo- I mean, I would love to see nine innings and just dominance. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I don't need nine innings. I could take yeah, seven innings, cool. two I runs. Mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just give me a quality start. Omar said Darvish will have a better game than Kershaw. Yeah, throwing Darvish out there, too, man. This is going to be a good. There's good batting and good pitching in this yeah, series. Yeah, this is going to be a great series. Um, only thing I'm worried about for both teams and their pitchers is – if it starts to get close, if it starts to get close in the series, you could see a burnt-out Verlander or a burnt-out Kershaw or a burnt-out Keiko go in in like a game five or six and have a bad game, and that would be kind of a bummer. That I don't would know. be a bummer. Because I, I think I like that's one thing That'd with – That would be a bummer. It would be a bummer. Yeah, I don't I like know, seeing I these will. pitchers. That's one thing about playoff statistics that are tough too is – these pitchers do get burnt out when they're used. They usually pitch on five games rest. And then all of a sudden in the playoffs, sometimes they're pitching them. They're closing them out in a game. And yeah, then and they're put him on three days rest. To yeah. Start. Yeah. Like, Oh, we just, you play, you just pitched in LA and then tomorrow you're going to have one day off and then pitch in Houston the next day. And I'm going to have you close out game seven. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Like, my arm is not equipped for this. Yeah. And so then sometimes I feel like that's, um, 
That's a very fair way to yeah. look at it, too. And Omar said New York prepared them. Yeah, I, we'll see. I, I think I don't think Dodger Stadium is going to be anywhere near what Yankee Stadium was intensity-wise. So I don't think – I mean, I just couldn't imagine that in L.A., like – Fans being as rowdy as um, as New York, New York, no yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think LA is a little more California cool. Yeah. So all right, well, um, predictions tonight before we sign off. Oh yeah, the the Astros are gonna lose. Um, I say Dodgers win it five to four tonight. Five to four, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna have a big hit by Chris Taylor in the ninth uh, inning. Oh, I hope not. Uh, five five one Dodgers. I think they win game one handedly. I think Kershaw has the his one of his most iconic moments of his career. That's why I think. But, yep. Uh, that being said, we uh, and Jonathan said he's never been to the U.S., but hopefully for his thirtieth birthday next year. I hope so. Happy early third. Come to Seattle. Um, we've been coming at you live and direct from the Sound Live Studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Thank you for watching. Whether it's on Facebook.com slash live or our personal periscopes. You can see at the bottom of the screen at Jujur. He's at Jujur Sammy. And we have a podcast that my brother would love to tell you about. You can always find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. So just go to iTunes and type in Sant Live. Jonathan, you said you wanted to watch this on your flight to Vegas, so you're recording it. If you didn't record this for some reason, you can always listen to the podcast on the flight to Vegas. But I do appreciate you recording it and watching us on your flight to Vegas. Um, so... Check out the podcast, subscribe, leave us a review. I'll read it out loud here on the show. I appreciate y'all. We love you guys. Greatest Facebook and Periscope families out there. Um, Thanks for watching episode whatever it ended up being. (laughs) I clicked out of it already. Episode 241 of Sant Live. And stay cool, America. And and England. And And West Africa. West Africa. (laughs) Stay cool, world. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Farmers Insurance knows that when you're in the car and that song comes on. No, not that one. Ah, yes, that's the one. You have no choice but to pull out your imaginary drumsticks and smash those cymbals and stomp on that kick pedal, which unfortunately is also known as the accelerator pedal. And we covered it. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Click for more. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.